You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. someone as we pray for you this morning with you with us this morning you actually understand what this prayer is about you actually understand what this prayer is about so i'd like you to just really just pray in the holy ghost uh, or praying in the name of our lord jesus christ we're declaring that there is a deliverance in the name of our lord jesus christ we are declaring that you will make it. Come on, would you pray for them in the name of the Lord Jesus? God's word here says, Surely he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Lord, we activate that deliverance today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Battles seen and unseen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, No longer shall the word of the wicked exert over the lot of the righteous. It says, it says, with everything, he will show us a way of escape. In the name of our Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are our deliverer. We thank you. We thank you for open doors in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Amen. Welcome to church. Help me thank the person who, who just prayed for you. Tell them thank you very much for praying for me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, help me ask the person next to you what the name is. Uh, if you don't know. If you know their name already, ask them for their age. Let's just get, let's just go there, you know. <laughs> All right, but welcome to church. If it's your very first time at Life Point Church, God bless you. Welcome. Um, my name is Idris. I'm the resident pastor here. Um, and the people sitting next to you are lovely, lovely members of our church. Stega, Shola Lawal, Busola. Joko, Akindili, there's lots of them. Just help me ask the person next to you. Please tell me your name, your real name, your real, <laughs> your real name. That Johnson name doesn't sound familiar. You look, you actually look, you don't look like Johnson. Okay, praise God. Uh, amen. Good, good, good. Ah, oh, one person came to church. Good. <laughs> All right. Um, so, oh, it's February already. Praise God. Um, and so yesterday I said to myself, you know, I have to start preparing for Christmas. Got this high, but that's how it works, you know. And then we do first quarter, night of increase. Then we do, you know, middle of the year, June. So I have to start preparing already, okay? Um, but we're going to talk about love, you know, very typical, all through February. But just before Valentine's Day starts, we wanted to make sure that we settled it properly. Okay, in December, I thought we let it get out of hand. And they had named it Dirty December before we got there. So <laughs> even us church folk were well, with Dirty December in the name of Jesus. It didn't really work. But, 
But just before people again try to tell us what love is not, uh, we wanted to have a conversation about love. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, please help me tell the person next to you. Tell them God loves you. God, lo God loves you. God loves you. And with your best smile, tell them I love you too. I love you too. Someone is just blushing. <laughs> like, and someone is happy. Like, yes. All right. But we're going to talk about love. Because love is um, it's, it's really important. I always say that about Joseph. Um, I don't know. Now, I understand why he's here. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I'm like a creature of habit. I'm used to certain things. So, I like, normally I, not, I won't see Nat, but Nat is not here for a while. So, you are the guy who's going to be playing you in the messages. Right. I'm preaching about love today. Do you have love songs to play? As in Christian love songs. No, Bonner Boy. Just, just, okay. Play one. Let me hear. You're correct guy. <laughs> correct guy. So we're talking. <laughs> no, no, because you know it's just good. You know the prophet has to be hearing like you know gospel music at the back. You can mix it. You can play something. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those Sundays. But um, so a couple of things. I have a whole message, but a couple of things were impressed in my heart. One, but as we have these conversations about love this month. Um, I believe that for someone who the primary definition of what love is has been sexual, okay, it's just sex, that God will actually move you out of that this month. I thought I'd hear an amen. amen. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's do it again. <laughs> yes. Because for someone, you, you do not yet understand that there is love that does not include sex. And I know it's early in the message but I've gone right into the deep end. It's okay. It's fine. Alright. For someone, the, every definition of love that they have told you is sexual. But, but that is not true. In fact, it is a lie. Um, and this month, as we have conversations about the love of God and about love, you will move out of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. Um, Valentine's Day is not a day to be sad. No, 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 because, you know, let's, let's agree. The prayer team, I'm sorry to call you guys out, had come to me in a leadership meeting and fixed a prayer retreat over Valentine's weekend. And I said, no, that is unrighteous. <laughs> they said, about some people don't have Valentine's, some of them be, I said, why would they be? If you don't have someone who has recognized the value that God has put in you yet, that is not cause for you to be sad. He said, oh, it's easy. My, my wife is not here, so I'm going to spend Valentine practically by myself on video call. But, <laughs> but no, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm just saying that we, we need to own this. Guys. Tell the person next to you, tell them you are lovely all by yourself. You are lovely all by yourself. All right. And ask them, well, you don't ask them. You can observe later if they need somebody to be lovely with them. And as God leads you, you can have that conversation in God's presence. All right. But love is not a human concept. It is not something that we came up with. And so before romance, and, and I love a good love song. Oh man, I, I'm very romantic. I, and this is not in my notes. I'm just trying to get up. This is not, but I love, I'm very romantic. Joko, you're romantic like me too. I know, I know. I know. I know. You're not romantic. <laughs> I, 
I know, I know the people who are romantic here. <laughs> Sam, you're not romantic. Let's not go there. But what? <laughs> I don't know what he told you, but he's not romantic. Sam is very choleric. I love you. Take that. Note it down. Write it down. That's the end. I'm not telling you again till the end of the year. That kind of thing. But I'm a guy who believes in poems and Shakespeare. I don't like flowers. A bit expensive. Uh, <laughs> But before we started to define love like that, God was already loving us. Scripture actually says that God is love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Um, and that is the very DNA of the church. It is the very DNA of Life Point Church, of Elevation Church. So I would like to read out of 1 John chapter 4 from verse 7 to 20. And what we've done this week is that we've paraphrased it for the Elevation Church. If you're wondering, Life Point is an expression of the Elevation Church, so don't worry. So I read it to you here in 1 John chapter 4 from verse 7 to 20. All right, if you put the first slide up, I think it's got the letter also. It says, Dear Elevation, I'm reading 1 John 4, but I'm just paraphrasing for us. Let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear Elevation, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. But And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son, that the Father sent his Son that the Father sent his son, uh, where am I, where am I, where am I? That's why I sent us to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Okay, let's continue. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. Someone says, I love God but hates a fellow church member. That person is a liar. For if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. May God bless the reading of his word. Let me tell the person next to you, you must love me. You must love it's in there. So this is not even P.I. saying so. Let me tell the other person what you've been ignoring. Tell them you must love me. You must love me. 
Joko's husband is telling her. <laughs> yeah, but, but love is our nature. In fact, so there are a couple of things I said were impressed in my heart. One, about the person or people who would move beyond just a sexual understanding of love in this month. Two, um, was the fact that I felt that it was almost like God was saying to us that our expression of love as individuals and as a church has been comfortable so far comfortable. We've, we've only expressed love the way we have known it. The way it comes out naturally. Some of you smile, right? Some of you are not smilers. You are huggers. Some of you write letters, poems. Some of you just give money, right? Amen. <laughs> right? Um, whatever. Some of you are intercessors, right? But the impression I got in prayer was almost like for a number of us, we are still loving within the constraints of our temperament. It is, you know, this is how your father loved. You are a slight improvement on that, and that is seemingly fine. Tell the person next to you, you must love me. You must love me. You must love me. Right. Because we are designed to function in love. Every family has its language, has its culture, has its traditions. Love is the language, the culture. And the tradition of the church. Love is the language, the culture, and the tradition of the church. It says if anyone claims to be born of God, then love is your nature. Love is not a suggestion. In fact, I like how 1 John chapter 3, at verse 16 to 18 in the, in the Passion Translation, I love how it says it. 1 John 3, 16 to 18. This is how we have discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. I read it again. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. Love is the language, the culture, and the tradition of the church. If you've not been to LifePoint before, this is, this is how we do here. Love is our culture. I know we live in Lagos. And somehow the culture of Lagos, and I don't know where we got it from, because where I came from, it's not like that. You know? But the culture of Lagos is somehow a bit, uh, a bit harsh. If you smile at people in traffic, they don't really respond. I'm trying to, you know. If you're happy in your car, they're angry at you. You know, if you offer them stuff over the window, they think you're trying to kidnap them. It's, it's not, it's not, oh, let's celebrate Sharon who shared a God experience. I, thank you. Sometimes you're in church with people and you don't know they've been to South Africa since they were six. You know, <laughs> but 
Bashar is a preacher. And, and uh, yeah, and, it's, and you will preach by God's grace. But God is calling us to build a family that actually cares. But when people step into life point, yeah, they feel a marked difference, marked, not a slight difference, a marked difference from when they're on the streets of Lagos. But when people encounter you and I, they feel a significant difference. You know, sometimes when you meet these people who just got back, you can tell that they're not experiencing what you're experiencing. They're here like tourists. So when like, the light goes on, oh, it went off. You know what we're dealing with. <laughs> what is this light? Oh, it's gone off. No, dark. Oh, it's come back. You know, no. They're lighthearted. That difference is what we should see between what happens outside and what happens in the church. It is like the difference between Liverpool fans and filling the gap. <laughs> I shall say we Liverpool fans and the rest of you guys. Love is the language. That's what we speak here. I know you have an accent. I know you've been to wherever, but this is what we speak here. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them, speak to me in love. Speak to me, speak to me in love. And I have a feeling that this service is working for someone somehow. <laughs> you know, I think he's, you know, you're probably sitting next to someone you've been trying to have a conversation with, and all these things are working together. <laughs> you might need to change your seat so you can focus on what God wants to tell you. But love is a commandment. John 13, Jesus says to the disciples, verse 34 to 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So it's a commandment. It's a commandment. 1 John 3.23 says, This is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. As he gave us commandment. In fact, he repeats it. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. You read verse 20 to 21. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And what's, what strikes me is that he doesn't say we ought to love God. Because the first scripture we read, he says the definition, you can come to church, how we know that you love God is how you treat the person next to you. So you can sing all those beautiful worship songs and we will sing them. I love you, Lord. I love you with all my heart. I love you, Lord. I love you with all. And we sing and we sing. And what God keeps on saying is how are you treating your brothers? Um, in prayer for someone else, um, he, he was talking about the fact that we, 
there are dysfunctional families. And I, don't, I know most people have different types of families. But most people have, the, at least most families have one crazy uncle, one sharp-mouthed auntie, one cousin that we're not really sure whether he's, what he's doing, but he's, he's doing something. We have one person that has refused to go to school. Most families have one. There's an allocation. And if it's you, it's okay. You're welcome here. You're among friends. So there's a, and then, you know, and we had African parents, African families. So it's not like the show in films where everybody goes, oh, I love you too, I love you too. No, it's not like that. We don't really do that. We, no. But God was impressing in my heart about how that we would heal dysfunctions in our families by love. That instead of owning it and saying, oh, my family is crazy like that. That's how we all believe. Well, in my house, we just shout. So some of you, your, your neighbors know you. That when you guys are conversing, it's like a war. There used to be people running out of the house, half naked. Someone pursuing them in anger. They, they're used to how, you know, everybody's fighting and all. But he was saying that love heals. So love is our nature. And that when we love one another, we then prove to the world that we love God. He's having that conversation with Peter. Do you love me? So you know, Shala, when your girlfriend says, Shala, do you love me? Typically, you want to prove it by what you do to her. Right? We, we can use it as an analogy. I'm not sure if you have a girlfriend yet. I'm just going to focus on the message. But I may be helping you. <laughs> but, but God says, mine is different. He says, the way you prove that you love me is how you treat the person who is sitting next to you. And, and this, is, this is very important. He doesn't say they will recognize us by how we raise the dead. He doesn't say they will recognize us by how much money we make. He doesn't say they will recognize us by the complexity of our tongues, no. He says they will recognize us by love. I remember this, this preparing for this, that when we were doing the teaching on church history, that one writer, I noticed it and highlighted it, said that one of the reasons the church grew so rapidly in the third century, I read, I put the note here. He put a couple of reasons. One was depth of conviction. One was persecution. But he says, thirdly, his name is Bruce Shelley, you know, I, I quote. He says, thirdly, the practical expression of Christian love was probably among the most powerful causes of Christian success. Tertullian, and Tertullian is a theologist, tells us the pagans remarked, see how these Christians love one another. The pagans' words were sincere. Christian love found expression in the care of the poor, of widows and orphans, in visits to brethren in prisons, 
and to those condemned to a living death in the mind and in acts of compassion during a famine, earthquake, or war. Love is our culture, our language, and our tradition. And I, I, that is, it's, I, I'm so clear in my heart that God is calling us. I was going to preach this. I was like, God, you know, I've been talking about, talked about love. But it was saying that yet, that a lot of us are still loving within our natural abilities. Everybody in your house used to hug. You know, so you've come to Lagos, you just hug. You know, but, but God is saying there is still another level. There is still another level. In fact, here he begins to, one scripture we read before, he begins to say, the model of love that God expects us is for us to lay down our lives for one another. I don't know the song you're singing. Sorry? You're falling in love with Jesus. All right, good, good. I like you, I like you. And so, I'm asking you guys, I'm asking us, LifePoint, would we create that culture where we can lay down our lives for other people? I know we sing the whole song, um, I can't kill myself, and I didn't come here to die. I can't die, I'm not going to kill Jesus. But, but he's saying, this is the love I called you to. So just before February 14th, and you're pressuring people to buy you the new iPhone, uh, and, and, and flowers that will die in three days. I've tried to check it out. Expensive flowers. Three days. Maybe four days. You soak them in water. Perfumes. And guys, I beg you, and ladies, before you buy people gifts with your salary, please remember your parents. It is unrighteous. No, no, I'm serious. This is not even, it is unrighteous for you to leave your mother broke and spend money buying gifts that you cannot afford. Hmm. Mm. Buy for your father too. Your mother carried you for nine months. At least buy, tell her this year. Oh my goodness, I'm not even sure how we're here. But tell her that she's your Valentine this year. Some ladies are like, no way. But I'm serious. I'm serious. And I'm going to come to this, but there is a calling for us to create bridges with love. And that's what Jesus did. We know Jesus as a carpenter. And he learned how to construct things. And so when he would love people, he would create bridges between them and God. That he would take people out on a crusade one day and he would just say, guys, disciples, we are feeding everybody. This is the equivalent of you going into Black Bell and just shouting, everybody here, food is on me. <laughs> everybody here. Or it's like we gather here in church, just tell everybody, guys, after church, catering for everyone. In fact, you're going to eat until... There's leftover. That's what he did. Five, have you fed 5,000 people before? Have you even fed 10? But he would create a bridge because when he had fed them, 
they would come back again. That our love for one another would prove to the world that we are Jesus' disciples. Our families, both spiritual and biological families, are perhaps the best place for us to express and groom the love of God. The church, being the family of God, is the best place to experience, to understand, and to grow in love. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 3, he says that you would with all the saints comprehend what is the height, the width, the depth, the length of God's love. And so our learning of what love is, is done in family. But those who love you will stretch your love muscles. And I, and I tell you this, that the pastor alone cannot create a caring church. It's hard to even catch up with them. Yesterday there were three people that I know of whose birthday it was in church. It's Joko, who's our, one of our ministers here. Let's celebrate Joko. Happy birthday. There was Rime, there was um, Dami. Who's there? Who else? Oh, he said, he said it was Aisha. I didn't even know about Aisha. So. so I tried to reach the three of them. Luckily, none of them picked up. So I just texted. But I'm saying, no, but I wanted to talk to you, but you didn't pick. But it was relieving anyway. <laughs> but I'm saying just even keeping in touch with how many other people whose birthday it is every day so that they don't get upset and leave the church, the pastor can't do it alone. So Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says that the whole body grows by that which each part contributes. And every time we think of that, we keep thinking it's about spiritual gifts. And that is important but your love, I suspect, is even more important. Why do I say so? In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when he begins to explain love, he begins to say, your giving, your prophecy, your sacrifice are vacant without love. So this house that we're building requires your love. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them we need your love here. We, we need your love here. We need your love here. We need you and the love of God within you here. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7 to 11 in the message translation. Everything in this world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around. So all get in on it. If words, let it be God's word. If help, let it be God's healthy help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he will get all the credit as the one mighty in everything and cause to the end of time, oh yes, 
It says, let us love as if our life depends on it. How do you change a gathering of people? How is it different? How is the church different? Because the love of God. So when we say, <laughs> this is interesting, and I think the theologians will come and fight me later. But when we say we, the presence of God was very strong. What do we really mean? Because for some of us who are old school people, we're like, oh my goodness, the presence of God was just strong. The ushers were staggering, people were just falling down. People were rolling nuts to south. It says coordinates, people who roll on the floor normally have coordinates. They go this way and that way, this way and that way. Then the spirit instructs them, then they change. Uh, but I'll come back to later. later. And then there was smoke coming from the altar, and that was the presence of God. Interesting. And sometimes it happens like that. And it's, it's good to happen once in a while. Some people are afraid. They're like, yeah, that pastor has something. He has fire because Jane's eyes wearing and the Holy Ghost is here. But, <laughs> guys, when you go into a place and even common <laughs> smile, nothing. No warmth, no joy, no acceptance, no kind words. When you come on a Sunday, and then before, you notice we've chained the guys at the door, and they're doing a fantastic job. And people are like, you want a hug? You want five hugs? We're here for you. And someone is giving you something. When you sit beside someone and say, look, I know I'm a total stranger, but I love you. When you come to church and someone is willing to pray for you, when you're leaving church and someone walks up to you and says, look, I saw you crying during worship. In fact, to be honest, I follow you on Instagram. I know you're recently heartbroken. I just want you to know... <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. You're better than that boy. God will bring another. <laughs> that where, and someone comes in and says, hey, look, I've got two G-wagons. Here's one. So now you know you say amen. And the other ones I've been saying since. <laughs> if it's one with red, red leather seats, you know where it should go to. <laughs> Don't, let's not be disorderly in the house of God. <laughs> Black, red leather seats. <laughs> but that we will create a radical, that someone will say, look, today I am, we're going out to feed the homeless or feed the hungry. We're going out to, let's, that, that five of you will come together and say, look, look, Pierre, we've taken 100k out of our salary this month. So it's 100k, it's five of us. And um, it's my birthday. And instead of heading out into some exotic island, we decided that we're going to put this money down. The next person in church who doesn't have somewhere to stay, we're paying for their rent. I mean, you can do both. You can travel abroad if you... But sometimes, you know, it's, it's close. So. Someone will say, look, I've got 10 jackets. And I do not want to step to you ladies, but sometimes you just, just have too many clothes. The rules that typically if you've not worn it in one year, you're not going to wear it soon. That dress you're waiting to become your size. No, you, no, 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 it's okay. No, no, I'm just saying that dress you think will suddenly one day when you, because you wore it the first, no, 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 you wore it the first time, you knew. You knew it was not your size. You just hang it. Say, one day it will happen. It's either I, you, <laughs> why don't you give it out? Tell the person next to you, tell them give it out already. Give it out now. 
how can only you have 20 shoes? How? How many legs do you have? How? 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 Falabi sneakers count. We don't know anymore. <laughs> Falabi, don't mind them. I think you have like eight now. That shiny one, the yellow one, the white one. <laughs> but Falabi, Falabi is such a cool guy. I love Falabi. We're going to the Grammys together. Let me not get into trouble with this thing. Praise God. But seriously speaking, only you have five watches. Five. And I, I have a feeling that's actually like a word of knowledge or something. <laughs> give out three. <laughs> I'm serious. Give out three. If you have five. No, I don't understand. Do you wear them on both hands? <laughs> For the outfit. Oh, I see. For the outfit. So give out two. <laughs> and so maybe one silver, one gold, and then one for sports. So you keep three. But I'm not joking, I'm serious. When Jesus heals people, he brings down the presence of God. That love is the most powerful force that there is. It is. That without love, everything else fades into just meaninglessness. The Bible says our faith, Galatians 5, I think 6, is our faith walks through love. When people are given spiritual gifts but have not developed love, they become manipulative. They use it without God. <laughs> when people are given power but don't have love, it is dangerous. When people have money, don't have love. It is dangerous. Don't, God will give you wealth and then you drive with five Rolls Royce on the road. You're oppressing us, people. I'm serious and I'm not joking. I'm serious. You shouldn't do that. So I said, sure. You're good, man. You, were you a DJ before? <sighs> you're just doing it. Huh? Well done. Josh, you're not playing for me again. <laughs> this guy's good. Not this guy's really good. First Corinthians 12 and 31, he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So Jesus' miracles were first an expression of his love before they were an expression of his power. But the power of God in a local church can be constrained by our refusal to express love. And so when I say to you, tell the person next to you that I love you. It's not that I want to make you uncomfortable. I don't have something to say in the message. No. It's that sometimes we have to break this Lagos, I don't know what to call it, this thing, this ice, this stiffness. Because that same you that comes here on Sunday looking like I can't talk to nobody on Friday night at the club, you are dancing without music. The life of the party. If only we could love one another. <laughs> this is a family that is built on love. And, and, and I say this. In fact, when people talk about we want the meat of God's word, I, I, with all humility, keep saying to them that you need to understand this. The meat of God's word 
is, is love is a, a huge part of that. But they think it's in Hebrew translations and Greek. But it's in forgiveness. It's in saying, look, I know my father and uncle Koro are quarreling. But so for, so for some of you, you've then inherited quarrel. So you don't talk to the cousins. But that you would build a bridge regardless. That like Jesus, we would love even when people say it's the wrong day. They say, why are you healing on Sabbath? That we would love even when they say it's the wrong people. They said, Jesus, why are you talking to this type of person? He's a Samaritan. He's a Samaritan. That when they bring someone to you, ah, Holy Spirit, when they bring someone to you that has been caught in adultery, that you don't say, eh, I knew it. You didn't know nothing. That you would cover them. That you wouldn't say, ah, you, ah. And he was an usher in another church, not like for, he was an usher. <laughs> he was an usher in one church like that. Ah, these Christians. No, you don't really know nowadays. But like Jesus, you would cover. That before you post on Instagram, on that post, you would say, oh, well, maybe he made a mistake. Or he made a mistake, but, you know, he's an excellent person. He's going to be fine. That you would send them a DM and say, look, it, it looks like all hell is breaking loose, but I am praying for you. Because love breaks down barriers, guys. And I, and I, I because they are barriers, sometimes you know you are posh and you know when you talk to somebody who is not posh, you know it. Because when Sharon was sharing and saying, in, in, in a, I was six years old in South Africa. I was like, my God, where was I at six years old? I didn't even have a passport. So I have to talk to you with a bit of respect now. And I can imagine Demi Lady from me, but I'm talking to her. And I, he kind of feel under pressure. But <laughs> no, but my point is, no, 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 no. My point is this. So, so love, love builds bridges. Says, ah, I've been to Harvard Business School. So Cambridge is the city that Harvard is in. I only found out when I was when I went there. <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't go to Harvard. Please don't say P. I say I went to Harvard. I didn't go to Harvard. I walked through. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm serious. I took pictures. I went through. Nice hamburgers. Nice hamburgers. I found the place. And uh, so 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 I, I went to Harvard. Oh, we all, so after church, we all gathered. Oh my goodness, our professor at Harvard, very nice guy. And you just went to covenant. So you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And all the covenant people are looking at me like, how oh, did you just say that? <laughs> no, but my point is love, love builds bridges. You say, oh, well, we all work in top consulting firms. Where do you work? I'm not going to mention any names because some people can sue me for it. But love builds bridges. I came to church in a the Range Rover. You trek to church because there are no more bikes. Love builds bridges. And I'm serious. That love will, God's love, walking through us 
will actually cause us to go outside our social circles. What, in, in whatever form, in whatever direction it is. That you would not look down at people, but you would also not look at people in high ways because you think of what they have and what, where they've been. That Jesus didn't let it. He talked to rich people today. Tomorrow he was talking to people who had been invalid for years. He didn't have time for that. He didn't care whether you were wearing a Rolex. He didn't care whether you were ill. He didn't care whether you were fighting with an addiction. Love builds bridges. Love builds bridges. It even looks for people who do not believe what you believe. I said, the guy is an atheist. He said, my God, I'm never, I'm, I'm moving my chair. Never sitting beside him before it contaminates me. Let me come to where you are, guys. Because we know what scripture says about our sexual orientations and all. But when they tell you, oh, that guy is like this or that lady, ha, ha, ha. Oh, oh, man, I shook your hand yesterday. Love builds bridges, guys. That love will cause us to do difficult things. That love values people more than things. That love gives. Love gives. Love gives. I need to say this is not about giving to church or the love gives. That someone, your store of seed is, is overflowing as we speak. That there's someone who is holding essentially the seed for healing for a whole class. There's someone who's holding the seed for healing for a whole family. someone who is holding the seed for healing for a whole company. That there are kind words that we will say in Jesus' name that will change things. Ah, Jesus was a... Jesus built bridges in strange places, guys. That people would ask him, why are you at this place today? But when they think of life point before, they tell you about how good looking your pastor is. No, those things are true and all. But and they say, ah, the guys that lead prison worship in your church, they are sneakers. Before they go to all that, follow me. Would, <laughs> would we, as a family, allow the Holy Spirit to walk to our, in, in us through us? Now people would say. You guys are crazy people in that church in terms of love. That the love I felt at your meetings, at your small group meetings, was, I'd never seen it before. I remember being at the airport one time. The two men in front of me were executives. I was a, a youth, I think I was a youth cop. No, I was a, my first year in consulting. And I was trying to buy a ticket, and the two of them were arguing who would pay for each other. And they were buying business class tickets. Oh, I was paid for you. No, you must pay for you. 
No, 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 you came to my seat. I can't forget. I know one of the guys by name. I must pay for you. <laughs> at the back, I was just looking at them. <laughs> While you guys are arguing, do you think? <laughs> but let them say we are the ones that, that life pointers are really crazy people, though. And I'm not saying the day you want, that, not that one where you are drunk in the club and you're buying money, you're buying things with your salary, not that one. Where you would get three and give out two. Where you would stay up all night and pray for someone without even having told them or having asked to. Where you would lay your life down for someone or some people. That is how we invite the presence of God into a church. I'm telling you, that's how we invite the presence of God into a church. Because when we've sown seeds like that and when we gather on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, you wouldn't have sang the first song and there's such an amazing manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But when people come hard-hearted, when the Holy Spirit is here by so that you, well, well, have to come because it's in Jesus' name. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them you need to step up your love game. You need to step up your love game. Yeah, yeah. God is calling us to amazing acts of love. One of the things love does is it allows people also love them. Father, we thank you. We give you all praise. We give you all praise. There's stuff that needs to be repaired. Jesus, who also was a carpenter, knows. He says that he's the one who needs, he knows how to build bridges. He knows how to join things together. There's stuff that needs to be repaired. I don't know who this is. There's stuff that needs to be repaired. There's stuff that needs to be repaired in Lagos. Stuff that needs to be repaired in your family. Stuff that needs to be repaired in the body of Christ. But instead of being savage, I will speak kind words. But I would give, I would give, I would give, I would give. That I would pray, I would intercede. That I would hope. That I would believe again. That I will defend the poor. That I would open doors for people. Someone saying, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Love is a purpose. It's the purpose. I'd like us to just hold hands this Sunday morning and just pray in the Holy Ghost. And we're praying that God coming days, in the coming weeks, by the power of the Holy Spirit will cause such a walk in our midst unusual acts of love that this will not just be something that a man directed or scripted I'd like you to pray, Lord lead me to the place where I do amazing things in love, it is not a competition, it is not for the flesh it is not so that people would see but Lord we yield to you in this church. We yield to you as individuals. I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to pray. But it'll be hard for someone to walk in unforgiveness. It'll be hard for us to walk in bitterness of heart, in malice, in strife, in 
that, that, that burdens will be lifted, that burdens will be, that they will know us because of love, that love will be our brand, that they will know us, that that family is one that cares. I'd like us to just pray all over this house, all over this house, all over this house. It says love as if your life depended on it, that we would wake up in the morning looking for instructions in love, that this house will be known as a house that loves I'd like us to pray one more minute. Uh, there is actually something that needs to be opened up. I'd like us to just pray one more minute. So we're reading Psalm 91 and 3 earlier. It says for some people... The exit, the, the exit out of that trap is simply love. I, I don't know how, what it means to you. And, and as I say that, I, I trust that the Holy Spirit will explain. But for someone, it says that deliverance is simply love. I don't know what that means to you. Why don't you pray for the person who is on your left and on your right this morning and ask, Lord, that you would fill their lives with love. That you would fill their lives with love in the name of the Lord Jesus. That Joseph, the Bible says, his father so loved him and gave him a cloak of many colors. And even when he went through all sorts of difficult circumstances in the hands of his brothers, he could not be bitter. So I'd like you to pray that, Lord, we receive your love. We receive a revelation of the love of God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, reveal to us how much you love us. Reveal to us how much you love us. Sharon was saying earlier, how that is about identity, that I am loved. I'd like us to pray one more minute. I'd like us to, I'd like us to pray for anyone at Life Point Church who is in a place where they do not feel loved. I'd like us to ask God that by the power of the Holy Spirit, He will, he will orchestrate encounters. He will, he, will, he, would, he, would, he will stir up the hearts of people around them. In the name of our Lord Jesus, anyone around in life point who feels out of place, anyone who feels isolated, that there will be a connection in the name of the Lord Jesus, that no one will be isolated, no one will be isolated. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you thanks. Our Father, we give you thanks. And as we pray this morning, there's anyone who's here who's not received Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's a privilege for me to lead you in that prayer. Anyone who's here. Anyone who's here who's not made that conscious decision to accept God and His love. And it's very simple. I'm going to ask you to please put one hand up. And when we see you, we'll know you want to make that decision. I'll just simply lead you in a prayer wherever you are. And so everyone's eyes are closed. So that makes you a little bit more comfortable. But I want to give my life to Jesus. My hands are up. Or if you've actually given your life before, but you know that you've drifted far, far away. 
Would you say this with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I repent from my sin. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me on the cross and was raised again on the third day. I confess with my mouth that I am now a child of God, that I am now saved, that I am now born again. In Jesus' name. The last thing I'll ask you to please do this morning is if you don't mind praying for someone. And it doesn't have to be someone in the room. Anyone at all. Anyone. Anyone. And I believe God will give us names this morning. For someone he's, he's telling you to pray for an uncle, for someone is your boss, for someone is your pastor, for someone is your colleague. There's, there's a Fularin that needs to be prayed for. I suspect it's an uncle. But I'd like us to just go ahead and pray. Just pray for them. Pray for them. Present them before God. Jesus says to Peter, the devil has sought to sift you as wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you. So I'd like us to pray this morning. I don't know who God is asking you to pray for. Declare that they are blessed in the name of our Lord Jesus. Declare they are blessed when they come and when they go. Declare that they are near God. They live in the midst of God's promises and in the center of his plan for their lives. Declare they will not, that no weapon fashioned against them will prosper and every tongue that rises up in judgment against them stands condemned. I'd like you to secure the work of God over and in their lives in the name of our Lord Jesus Declare it is well with their family. If they have children, speak God's word over them. If, if they are dealing with a sickness in their body, declare healing over them. I'd like you to pray. I'd like us to pray, church. We pray for our brothers this morning, Lord. We pray for our sisters, for our parents. We pray for our friends. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we speak grace. We speak peace. We speak joy. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that you will intervene for those who are going through difficult circumstances. Lord, we give you thanks. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, that you will do a work in and through us um, in this season. That, that you would cause us, Lord, to show more love than we've ever done before. We thank you for that person in this service who is feeling empty. We thank you because you fill them by the Holy Spirit. Our Father, we give you praise. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Because we shout a big amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.